from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is The Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Thank you, Brandon Banks. Yes, this is The Joy of Booking, and I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. This idea came to me while watching NXT UK, I think. I'm actually a little fuzzy as to where the idea came from. Maybe it was listening to Piece of Business podcast or either way. Um, I was thinking about NXT UK. I was thinking specifically about uh, Nathan Frazier. So maybe it was the Piece of Business podcast where they were talking about how he was, you know, trained in America. And now he's learning the British style. And I started thinking about him. And I started thinking about Tyler Bate and how that match to me seems very much like uh, an epic showdown. And I believe Tyler Bate is the Heritage Cup champion, which if you don't watch NXT UK, you don't even really know what that is. And it was at that point that the idea struck me was we need a way to introduce the world, the casual audience, or even the the more interested audience that's still not watching NXT UK um, to that program. And Nathan Frazier and Tyler Bate, I think, would be one way to do that. And so that was the start. And I was like, okay, well, you can't have that match just, you know, you could do it on a Raw, I suppose, but you want a showcase for that. And immediately my mind went to SummerSlam, which is two months and change away. And that led to other NXT UK matches, which led to me just fantasy booking SummerSlam. Now, there are different kinds of fantasy booking. Um, there is the epic fantasy booking where the world is your oyster. You can do whatever you want. There are no rules. So I could have booked SummerSlam completely like that, where everybody I wanted wrestled in whatever sort of matches. Um, and that would have been great. But then there is the fantasy booking where... You have to follow the rules. You kind of have to follow either the storylines or just what is actually happening. And you have to be logical about it. Um, you can't take the title off of Lashley and put it on Jinder Mahal as much as I'd like to. I could have booked that as a match for SummerSlam, Lashley versus Jinder. I'd like to see that. Um, but you have to follow the rules. And so the rules I set out for myself when I got into the meat and potatoes of this, which is the, uh, the actual SmackDown and Raw side of things, uh, I don't believe I have changed any title holders. So I am presuming right now, early June, that the people who are champions today in early June will be the champions in August for SummerSlam. And I know that's not going to be the case. Some of these titles will likely change hands in the next two months. But that's one of the rules I set myself. If the champions stay exactly as they are right now, what are the matches that I think we would see? Um, my goal was to follow some 
of the current storylines. Uh, I didn't book a return for Becky Lynch because as of right now, that's not particularly in the cards. Um, I'm not going to bring Keith Lee back because as of right now, that doesn't seem to be in the cards. Whatever is happening with Keith Lee, he doesn't seem to be a, a major feature of wrestling right now. So I'm not going to, you know, imagine a world in which I'm going to write him in. I could have, and it would have been fun to do that, but that's not how I'm choosing to do this particular one. So that's one of the qualifications. The other one is, of course, we're two months out. I don't know what the stories are going to be. So this will change. Now that we have the joy of booking, I might check in every couple of weeks and say, okay, Hell in a Cell has happened. Let me redo some of these. So this is right now um, where we stand. A couple other things to consider. Number one, this is going to be the first major pay-per-view with an audience and a crowd. This is, in my mind, WWE's kickoff of the 2021-2022 season. This is going to be a big, big show. But I'm not bringing in Brock Lesnar and I'm not bringing in Goldberg. I could, but I'm not going to. Again, if WWE starts to tell me that that's going to happen, then I'll change my opinion. Um, and I also know that there is a draft rumored to be happening after SummerSlam. So that also plays into this. Uh, and I went completely kooky crazy. I have 26 matches. I'm presuming there's going to be two nights at least. I think from now on, I think that's what these big shows should be. WrestleMania and SummerSlam should be two nights each. I actually think the Rumble should be two nights each. Men's Rumble one night, women's Rumble one night. But we'll get to that, I'm sure, on a later show. So here's where we stand uh, right now. This is today's, when you're listening, this is today's idea of what this show could be. I'm going to start with Raw because that's just Monday. We'll go in order of the weeks, I suppose. Um, and I'll walk you through the matches and kind of my thought process behind some of these. Uh, the world title match for Raw is Bobby Lashley versus Damian Priest. You can't do Drew McIntyre anymore. They're going to wrestle at Hell in a Cell. That has to be over with and done by that point. So... Drew's not a factor. If you look at the Raw roster, there's not a lot of other great options. Yes, I could bring back The Fiend, but he's not currently on TV, so I didn't bring him back. So I went with Damian Priest. Jeremy, at EPL and NFL, host of the Piece of Business podcast, one of the hosts, uh, has, has kind of been down on Damian Priest because he had to team with Bad Bunny and because he had to deal with zombies. I disagree. I actually think that is a selling point. Damian Priest went to the main roster and did everything you want a guy to a top guy to do. Yes, I'll do the celebrity thing. Yes, I'll do the silly gimmick match. I will play ball. And I say right now he's going to be rewarded with a title match against Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. I don't think he's going to win. I didn't book the finishes, but I wouldn't think he would win. But that's what I would go with. So Lashley versus Priest. Rhea Ripley, your women's champion, versus Shayna Baszler. Do I think Reina, Rhea, Reina, it's late. Do I think that Rhea Ripley uh, could lose to Charlotte at Hell in a Cell? Sure. But as of now, Rhea versus Shayna 
women's title. I think this storyline with Alexa Bliss is going to same kind of thing for Damian Priest. She's proving she can do something different. She's proving she's willing to play and tell a different kind of story. She's rewarded with a title match. And in that case, I would let her win. Speaking of Alexa Bliss, this is not a title match, but I have other matches on the card because I got 26 of them. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Asuka. This wrestle spooky character that Alexa is doing that I love so much has to deal with Asuka at some point because I think Asuka can play with that and kind of add a little bit of her own weird sort of silly spookiness. That would be a great program. Um, U.S. title. Sheamus is currently the U.S. champion. I am tweaking things a little bit, but I'm following the rumors and what seems to be happening. It seems as if Finn Balor is wrapping up his NXT time and moving to a main roster. I think that should be Raw, and I think Sheamus versus Finn Balor would be an excellent match. Give him a U.S. title shot. You're not pushing him to the moon right away. I'm not doing Lashley versus Finn, but Sheamus versus Finn for the U.S. title at SummerSlam. I think would be fun. Uh, tag champions are AJ and Omos. Yeah, I guess they could hang on to the titles. I'm pretty sure I don't watch weekly wrestling. We all know this. I'm pretty sure the Viking Raiders won a tag team battle royal. So they could be champions by this point. I'm having them against the Viking Raiders uh, at SummerSlam. That may have already happened by the time... SummerSlam comes around. It may have already happened by the time you listen to this, depending on when I release this episode and when you listen. Um, so I don't feel hugely confident that this match is going to make it to SummerSlam, but it's what I'm booking for right now, and we'll adjust as we need to. Uh, the other Raw match is uh, Orton versus Riddle. The RK Bro storyline has to end at some point. SummerSlam seems like a good place to do that. Riddle could beat Orton, and that could be... Even though I don't like him, that could be what propels him to the main roster. Or by the main roster, the main title pictures. You could have Lashley versus Riddle down the road. Survivor Series time, your you know October, November time, if Riddle beats Orton at SummerSlam. You may be asking yourself, self, where is Drew McIntyre? He wasn't on this card. He's not on the Raw thing. That's true. Because what I'm doing, neither is Charlotte, if you've been paying attention. Um, what I'm doing for this pay-per-view is SummerSlam is going to feature a best-of-three series. A men's match, a women's match, and a tag team match. Raw versus SmackDown. Winner gets the first draft pick. Now, I know that uh, the draft is weird where Raw gets three, SmackDown gets two... You know, they do a weird thing with the draft that I don't love. But in this case, I'm saying, let's do that. Let's do Raw versus SmackDown. No champions are involved, but it's, you know, kind of the best of what you have um, going. So the men's match, Drew McIntyre versus Big E. Hoss fight, a chance for Big E to have a big step up. Because if I had a WrestleMania wall, Roman versus Big E... They seem to be telegraphing that hugely. So this is another kind of stepping point for that. He becomes kind of the the champion without having a title. He's the guy that's going to try to get them that first draft pick. So Drew McIntyre versus Big E. That's the first match. Charlotte versus Bailey. There's the second match. 
great two horse women battling each other. Haven't seen that match in a very long time. Bailey's developed a lot since then. Charlotte's developed a lot since then. That would be very fun. And then you have the New Day, and I'm putting them with the Usos. Again, Roman has his boards. Whether or not, we don't know what the story is going to be. Are the Usos going to be together? I debated, truthfully. I came very close to putting uh, Jimmy Uso versus Jay Uso as a SmackDown match for SummerSlam because it's possible you get some Uso versus Uso. But since that hasn't happened yet, I'm going with New Day versus Usos. Again, we're in front of a live crowd for the first time. They're going to want to cheer for this new guy, Damian Priest. They're going to want to cheer for Finn Balor making his return. They're going to want to cheer for Asuka versus Alexa Bliss. And I think having the New Day versus the Usos, the greatest tag team feud, perhaps, of the last hmm, 10 years, definitely, maybe 20 years depending on, you know, where we're going with this. Could be. Could be. So that's my best of three. Whoever, you know, whichever brand wins two out of three of those matches gets the first draft pick. I think that would be fun. You always want to have stakes. SmackDown. Roman Reigns versus Shinsuke. In my mind, I went through all the possible opponents. Owens, we've already done that. Rollins, weird. They're both kind of heels so that's weird um you know Sami Zayn would love that again weird biggie too soon shinsuke you get that music you put in rick boogs you get that music in front of a live crowd to get that entrance to you know and that probably closes one of the nights of the shows that's a huge incredible match That moment's great. Shinsuke versus Roman. I love that. Here was my trouble. The SmackDown women's roster right now is rough. You've got Bianca and Bailey. You've got Sasha. I'm saving her for later. We'll get to that. I'm doing something really good with Sasha Banks. And you know how I feel. I'm not a fan. But I'm doing something really special with her, I think. Um, So... The question becomes, who's the challenger for Bianca? I could have called up Io Shirai. I considered that. Didn't do it. It's not where the story is going right now. So, again, I don't love this idea. But looking at the SmackDown women's roster, Liv Morgan. Ruby's gone. Sarah Logan's gone. Maybe you give her a push. Maybe she earns a match with Bianca. Again, she probably doesn't win. But... She ascends that next step or two in a hard-fought loss. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. And again, there's not a lot of... I haven't seen Reckoning or Mia Yim. Um, I don't watch the weekly product, but I haven't seen that she's been on, except for maybe in main event. I'd love to see that match, but it doesn't seem likely. Liv Morgan seems to be a story that you could tell. Um, Apollo Crews is the Intercontinental Champion. A lot of options. I'm going with Kevin Owens. I think that'd be a good one-on-one match. Again, I don't feel super strong about that in terms of a storyline, but I think the match would be good. You want Owens on this show. If he wins the title, that's a big moment. Now he's Intercontinental Champion. Why not? I like this match, and I'm, I'm tweaking a bit. The Mysterios, let's assume they stay Tag Team Champions. I want him to wrestle the Street Profits, and I want the Street Profits to be heels. 
I think it's time for the Street Profits to turn heel. They could do it during this match. They could do it before this match, which would be my preference. But Street Profits as heels versus Mysterios, I think that could be fun. Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn, because why not? I don't recall them having a great, you know, series. I'd have to look up to see if they wrestled, which is usually a sign that they could wrestle again. Uh, Maybe it's a number one contender match. Maybe it's just like Orton and Riddle. Maybe there's a feud going on. Both of them seem to be, you know, kind of, I don't want to call them cult leaders, but Rollins had the thing with Murphy and everything going on. Sami Zayn's talking about a conspiracy. I just think that match would be great. Uh, And then... I wanted all the titles defended, so Natalia and Tamina are the current women's tag team champions. I think Eva Marie and Mandy Rose, I actually had Eva and Liv as the team. I think that pairing would be way better. Eva taking Liv Morgan, who's a recovering Riot Squad member, and turning her into kind of an Eva Marie protege, I think would be cool. But they're on different rosters, and I wanted to respect that. So Mandy Rose. Seems like, again, you could go Dana Brooke, but I'll say Eva. You could go Nia Jackson, a weird sort of odd couple thing. Um, you could go with Nikki Cross and get her kind of away from the sanity thing into a more, again, same kind of same kind of thing that you could do with Liv Morgan. Um, but I'll say Mandy Rose for now. With the exception of Roman versus Shinsuke, I, I'm not sold on a lot of these kind of in the same way. It was easier for me, oddly enough, to book Raw, even though the rosters were bigger and arguably the storylines on SmackDown are better. But for me, it was harder to foresee what was going to happen. But this is where we stand right now, and I I don't hate these matches. I think this would be fun. Same thing. Self, where's Sasha Banks? Where's Cesaro? How come they're not there? I want to introduce... NXT UK to a modern audience. So I need talents from the main rosters to do that. Walter versus Cesaro. You're welcome. Mako Satamura, the final boss versus Sasha Banks. You're welcome. I think those two matches, I, I, I have them written down, and just saying the words gave me a little bit of goosebumps. I don't care for Sasha Banks. She's certainly talented. Something about her just rubs me the wrong way, but there's no denying her and Mako would be a great matchup. Um, I want Nathan Frazier and Tyler Bate. That's the, this is what you can get when you watch NXT UK. Look at how amazing this is. And then Pretty Deadly, which the Piece of Business podcast continues to say is the greatest tag team in the world right now, including the Revival. Um, I want them to wrestle. I want them to wrestle an existing tag team. I didn't think anything from Raw or SmackDown was a great pick. So I'm going with uh, Timmy and Tommy, Thatcher and Champa. I think that would be good. That's an NXT versus NXT UK. Uh, Timothy Thatcher has the European wrestling experience. They're very different teams. I think that would be a lot of fun. Pretty Deadly versus Thatcher and Champa, Which brings us into NXT, which has, oddly enough, the most matches uh, of either of the three quote-unquote brands. 
Karrion Cross. There's a fatal five-way match. I'm recording this before in your house, a couple days away. It's a fatal five-way. There is a chance Karrion Cross loses. I don't think he does, but there's a chance he loses because there's four other guys who could win. I'm booking Karrion Cross versus Santos Escobar. That was teased, and Santos is clearly he's already moved up from the um, cruiserweight division. He could be North American champion by the time. You listen to this, depending on how in your house goes. But I say Cross versus Escobar would be a very cool, different sort of main event. Both heelish. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That would be a great main event. Raquel Raquel Welch. Not the same person. Raquel Gonzalez versus Tony Storm. The obvious answer is Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. But I really think you got to slow burn that. Raquel's got to win match after match after match at at least a couple pay-per-views before Dakota turns. And truthfully, in my head, she turns at War Games, which is where she turned at Tegan Knox. I think that's kind of a nice, that's just her thing now. Dakota Kai turns on people at War Games. So looking again at the women's roster, I'd love it to be Zia Lee. Don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Raquel and Tony Storm makes sense. Io Shirai, I'm having her team with Sarai, Sarai, the new Asian sensation who, full disclosure, I've seen once or twice, haven't been super impressed with. Maybe I just, she's got to grow on me. They're teaming up to face Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. I think that would be interesting. Uh, Other matches, North American title match. I tried to avoid, actually, I think I did completely, did I? Yeah, I avoided any multi-man matches. No triple threats, no fatal four-ways. Could you flush this out and include some other teams? Yes, I'm sure as we get closer, I will do that. But I tried to challenge myself with this by saying only singles matches. Bronson Reed versus Swerve Scott for the North American title. Swerve wins. I'm loving hit row. Where am I? Uh, Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly for the cruiserweight title i have a vague recollection of the fact that that's a match we saw in new japan or ring of honor or both but i think that would be good um msk versus ever rise i don't know what's happening with ever rise but they seem to be getting over uh with without being in the ring this whole saturday morning thing uh i reserve the right to change that into msk versus gargano in theory which could very easily be the way they go with that. Uh, but Everrise seems to be going well. You, you reward that with a title shot. A million dollar champion who should be Cameron Grimes, but I'm going to say it's LA Knight because I like LA Knight better, uh, versus Adam Cole for the million dollar title. Because if the million dollar title exists, even if it's not an official belt, that's the one thing Adam Cole hasn't won. And Logic would dictate he would want that. So Knight versus Cole for the million-dollar title gets Adam Cole on the card. I did that, did that, did that, did that. All right. So that's 26 matches. From from Roman versus Shinsuke to Sheamus versus Finn Balor to Walter versus Cesaro. I think this would make an excellent weekend of wrestling. 
Um, SummerSlam, no matter how it goes, is going to be an excellent weekend of wrestling. This is my fantasy booking of it. Uh, I reserve the right to change my mind, and I'm sure I will, and I probably will share it with you when I do. So there you go. That's my fantasy booking SummerSlam 2021 as of mid-June of that year. Uh, Let me know your thoughts, matches you'd love to see, things you might change, questions you have. I look forward to hearing about it. (sighs) Man, all this fantasy booking makes me tired. I hope you don't mind, everyone. I'm just going to lie down and get some sleep. Welcome back to the WWE G1 Block Happening. Yes, it is a happening. My name is DC Matthews, and I am here to break down all of the Week 5 matchups from the eight blocks of G1-style round-robin greatness. Let us begin in the tag team ranks. One of the big stories going on in the tag team ranks is the New Day. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston currently sitting at three wins, zero losses, and one draw, leading the tag bracket with 65 points. They took on the Dirty Dogs, who were at one in three. New Day picks up yet Another victory, bringing their total to 85 points. They currently have the highest point total of anyone in the G1. Dirty Dogs can't get themselves going. They are in last place in the tag block. The Street Profits, who had been unable to secure a victory at all in this tournament, sitting at 0-3-1, finally get a win with a pinfall victory over the Viking Raiders, putting themselves... On the board with 20 points, bringing their total up to 25. Remember, of course, 20 points for a pinfall, 15 for countout, 10 for a disqualification, 5 for a time limit draw. The Usos also picking up a big victory that they needed to get themselves out of the basement of the tag division, pinning Miz and Morrison, giving them 30 points, moving them up to 7th place. In other news... Uh, T-Bar and Mace, formerly of Retribution, I believe was the name of that stable, uh, defeating the Raw Tag Team Champions of uh, AJ Style and Omos. Apparently, size doesn't matter as much when you're taking on two guys who are over 6'5". T-Bar, of course, at 6'9", and Mace at 6'6". The other big story of the tag division... The Mysterios, losing by disqualification to the Lucha House Party, Dominic Mysterio tried to cheat his way to victory, uh, trying to channel a bit of Uncle Eddie, and it did not work. That Latino heat was not going for him. Was this a one-time thing? Will we see more of this? How will Father Ray respond? We'll have to check up on that as we get going and continue here in the G1 tag block. Moving on to NXT, Kyle O'Reilly, who is in the lead, uh, continues his run, defeating Austin Theory by pinfall, putting himself at 80 points, and once again, leading the block. Uh, We had a draw, an excellent matchup between Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong, uh, giving them each five points. Uh, Pete Dunn currently sits in third place, tied with L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight losing to Isaiah Swerve Scott 
by pinfall, uh, giving Swerve, who was sitting in fifth place last week, he's now in second place, still quite behind Kyle O'Reilly, but doing very well for the leader of Hit Row Records. Dexter Loomis. Oh, Dexter Loomis, finally, after being 0-4, picking up his first victory with a submission win over Killian Dane. Uh, Dane still at 35 points. Loomis, again, putting himself on the board, moving up to ninth. Uh, the bottom dweller of the NXT block is one, Cameron Grimes, losing to Oni Lorcan by disqualification. Grimes sitting at 15 points. Sticking with NXT, but moving from the male action to the female action. What do we got going on here? Mako Satamora, the new NXT UK Women's Champion, continuing to roll with a pinfall victory over poor Santana Garrett, who cannot pick up a win to save her life. She is at zero points. Mako, one of the few, also with 80 points. Uh, you would think she'd have a big lead. You would think wrong. Dakota Kai right at her heels with 75 points, picking up a pinfall victory over Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi, who had been in fourth place, falls to fifth with that loss. Ember Moon, who will be challenging Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT women's title uh, coming up this weekend at In Your House, picking up a pinfall victory over Piper Niven. And we have Mercedes Martinez getting a pinfall victory over Zia Lee. We have a big group. Poor Santana Garrett once ahead. Once again, excuse me. But uh, three through nine, Jesse Camilla at 55 points, Zia Lee at 50. And then we have the next five, Shotzi, Ember, Piper, Zia Brookside, who lost to Jesse Camilla. And Mercedes Martinez all within striking distance of each other week six will be a big test here as not all of those women are going to be able to pick up a victory we will see who uh makes it in week six of the g1 moving to the main roster but sticking with the incredibly talented women Shayna baszler cannot seem uh, to get out of her own way. She is scaring people so much that they are choosing to either get counted out or, in this case, Mandy Rose getting herself disqualified to avoid being choked out by the Queen of Spades. Uh, Shayna gets the victory, but these 10-point victories are not going to do it, not while Mia Yim, of all people, uh, takes the top spot, moving from third to first with a pinfall victory over Eva Marie, yet another one who is at zero wins. Uh, there are still four weeks of action. Will Eva be able to pick up at least one victory? Only time will tell. In other news, we had a great battle of the former members of the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. Liv Morgan picking up the victory, which means she and Ruby are tied, along with Nikki Cross, who lost to... Oh, nope, picked up a countout victory over Dana Brooke. They are tied right smack dab in the middle at 45. Uh, Naomi defeated Carmella. So she is up to third place, tied with the former leader of the women's bracket, Dana Brooke. Lots of great action happening there. Moving on to SmackDown. An interesting story happening in SmackDown. Murphy, who had been winless up until this point, 
I'm pretty sure. Or perhaps he had won. Let's check the notes here. So much to keep track of. My goodness. Uh, he had beaten Sami Zayn uh, by, what was that? I believe by disqualification, uh, but had not picked up a pinfall victory. In fact, hadn't been showing up to the last match or two. He has now been replaced in the tournament. Shocking news. Buddy Murphy replaced in the tournament uh, by the former Slapjack, who is now returning to his original name in NXT, Shane Thorne. And Shane Thorne makes a huge smash by pinning Apollo Crews, uh, thus giving him 20 points, doubling what Buddy Murphy was able to get in his weeks in the tournament and moving him from the basement up to seventh place. Will Shane Thorne's run of good luck continue? Once again, you'll have to wait and see. In other news here in SmackDown, Alistair Black picking up a victory. Did I say Shane Thorne pinned Apollo Crews? I'm sorry. I have my notes wrong here. Shane Thorne pinned Big E. Maybe an even bigger win. Although pinning the Intercontinental Champion would be pretty cool. He pinned Big E. To pick up that victory. Big E sitting at 25 points. Uh, Apollo Crews, as I said, lost to Alistair Black. Kevin Owens lost by pinfall to Otis, who is currently tied for the lead with Cesaro, who defeated Sami Zayn. So Otis and Cesaro tied at the top. Now Otis, who owns a tiebreaker victory over Cesaro, is technically in first place. Apollo Crews, Big E, and Kevin Owens sitting there at the bottom three. Once again, hopefully, someone will start to get their act together. Uh, in another fantastic match, Chad Gable picking up a victory over... Shinsuke Nakamura, moving him up to third place. He remains in third place, forgive me, with 65 points. So there's quite a battle happening there at the top between Otis Cesaro and Chad Gable. From SmackDown, let's move from Friday nights to Monday nights. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw, and let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Jinder Mahal. Uh as much as we want to talk about Jinder Mahal, he had a time limit draw, his first of the tournament, I believe, against the second ranked wrestler, Cedric Alexander. So we had a battle of the top two spots. Now Jinder has a 25 point lead over Cedric Alexander. So even if Cedric had pinned Jinder, Jinder would still be just tiny bit ahead. But because it was a draw, each got five points. Jinder's lead is maintained. Ricochet picked up a disqualification victory over Angel Garza, keeping him locked into that fifth place position. Mustafa Ali gets some points on the board. But again, this is another time limit draw, this time with Shelton Benjamin. Uh, Ali's now on the board. He's got at least five points going for him. But once again, he's time starting to run out for him to make a run. He could to just put it into perspective. Uh, if Ali pins his next four opponents, he will then have 85 points. And a reminder, Jinder Mahal has 80. So kind of hard to see a path for Mustafa Ali to win this bracket. Right now, it's all about saving some dignity, saving some face as we lead forward. Uh, Keith Lee picking up a victory over Umberto Carrillo. Umberto managing just barely to hang on to third place. Uh, Tied in points, but with a tiebreaker win over Drew Gulak, who tapped out Damian Priest in an excellent matchup. Uh, they are tied at 45 points. 
I believe that is everything from the world of Raw. So once again, let us move on to the tag team division going on in NXT. A lot of interesting things happening. We have a, a dead heat up at the top between Pretty Deadly, your NXT UK, UK tag team champions. Uh, they got a disqualification victory over Legado de Fantasma, who very soon could be the NXT tag team champions. Stranger things have happened. Pretty Deadly is tied with The Hunt. The Hunt was able to pick up a pinfall victory over Imperium. This is why pinfalls matter, everyone. They got 20 points for that. Uh, Pretty Deadly was only able to get 10 points because of the disqualification, which enabled them to get the tie. So The Hunt, T-Bone, and The Primate, right there at the top. Everrise, who was number one in this block heading into week five, uh, they lost to MSK. MSK picking up their first victory with this pinfall, uh, moving themselves from ninth to three, four, five, sixth. So good for them. Everize falling out of the top spot, but still able to hang on to number three. Breezango loses to TNT, Timmy and Tommy, Thatcher and Champa. They are now only five points away. And then our final match, another team that had been winless, finally getting their act together. This is the Grizzled Young Veterans with a countout win over Gallus, but they will take it, I am sure, uh, being able to get on the board. They had had a draw, but now they have 20 points and 8th place. Whew, my goodness, will the fun ever stop? Well, it will, I believe, after this. We've got one more block to talk about, and that would be the incredible action happening in NXT UK, what many would consider to be the best show under the WWE umbrella right now. I don't watch enough to judge for myself, but people are talking. You know what happens when people are talking. Uh, Trent Seven, who had been leading in first place, but I believe he had suffered a loss there in week four, back to his winning ways with a pinfall victory over Nathan Frazier. Trent Seven at 80 points. Nathan Frazier, uh, because he only has... The one victory in the basement with 25 points, but that is not to diminish his incredible talent. I am sure we'll be seeing wonderful things from him in the future. Uh, Bailey Matthews, no relation. Sticking with second place, even though he lost. Nope, he won. I'm looking at the wrong thing. I got so many papers going on, people. I got papers. I got things. I got to I gotta figure out a better system. Uh, getting a submission victory over Rampage Brown. Oddly enough, he used a move called the Regal Stretch. I don't know why he chose that move, but it was interesting, and I enjoyed watching it. Uh, Matthews continuing to hold on to second place. 65 points. Rampage Brown remaining in fifth with 40, even though he got zero points in the loss. Eddie Dennis continuing to surprise after going 0-3. He defeated Trent Seven. I believe that was by countout. Got his first pinfall victory over the bomber, Dave Mastiff. And while he was in 10th place in week four, he's now in sixth place. Is this a sign of things to come? Will Eddie Dennis give Trent Seven some competition? We'll find out as the weeks go on, friends. Flash Morgan Webster picking up a victory by countout over Tyler Bate. Webster in third place. Continuing, Tyler Bate can't seem to, again, get that momentum going falling from 5th to 7th. 
And our final matchup, an excellent bout between two just hard-hitting wrestlers, Joe Kofi. I have learned from my friend Glenn that we call him Joe Coffee, but I believe they over there in the UK call him Joe Kofi, so I will try to honor that and refer to him as such, Joe Kofi, pinning Ilya Dragunov, uh, moving up from ninth place all the way up to fourth. Keep your eye on Joe Kofi. Good things are happening. All in all, an epic week five, as I mentioned to you, the new day. Uh, ruling the brackets with 85 points, but we have quite a few people in the 80-point club. Jinder Mahal, Kyle O'Reilly, Trent Seven, and Mako Satamora. So by quite a few, I meant four, which, depending on your definition, could very well be quite a few. What will happen in week six? How will the second half of this tournament shape out? And where will we go from here? You'll have to wait and see when we find out on the next edition of the WWE G1 Happening Recap. I've been DC Matthews. Back to you in the studio. No, I don't want to give you any more praise. No, Doug Manson, you've had too much praise. No, don't you? I was having the weirdest dream. There was more G1, and then Doc Manson came in and just started yelling. You were there. All right. Well, goodness, look at the time. A couple of days have passed since I recorded the last... um, Fantasy booking of SummerSlam. Yeah, yes, I do sleep for multiple days at a time. Don't judge me. Uh, and uh, there's been some news that's happened. And so uh, I feel like to to wrap up this episode, I should at least tweak my booking um, to address the, the news that has come low these last 48 to 60 hours. Uh, the biggest story was the fact that the rumor going around, whether or not it's true or not, I don't know. Uh, was that Roman Reigns is going to defend his title at SummerSlam against John Cena. We haven't seen John Cena in a very long time. Uh, everyone assumes he's coming back. I have to. I kind of fall into that camp too. And as much as I loved my initial idea of Roman Reigns uh, versus John Cena, or no, Shinsuke Nakamura, I'm sorry, I'm still waking up. I'm sorry. As much as I liked Roman versus Shinsuke, I had said earlier that SummerSlam had to be this big mega event. It's the welcome back to you know having fans. They need this to feel like a WrestleMania in many ways. And the best way to do that would be to have Roman Reigns wrestle John Cena. So I'm going to tweak Shinsuke's out, Cena's in. What happens to Shinsuke? Something clearly has to happen. Yeah, he's not going to miss this show. Um... The next biggest match would be, you know, Apollo Crews, maybe the Intercontinental title. That's great. That could work. Um, You know, he had wrestled Kevin Owens. I had booked Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens. But I could put Shinsuke in there. And while I I hadn't done any triple threat matches, I'm going to throw this triple threat match out. I don't love it. Not going to lie. I don't love it. Um, But I'm going to just put it out there. Uh, Apollo Crews versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. That would be A, a great match. B, 
a chance for Apollo Crews to go up against two former world champions, two bona fide main eventers. I know Shinsuke hasn't really felt like a main eventer lately, but he is one. Uh, that would be a great way to elevate the Intercontinental title, would be to put Apollo Crews in a big spot against Shinsuke and Rollins. What does that mean for Zayn? You know, I think I had a triple threat match. Oh, I did have a triple threat match of Rollins versus Zayn versus Owens. Um, but that's clearly taken about. Because the other news, and this wasn't even news, um, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee who had feuded in NXT, are still taking pot shots at each other. That feud has never ended. It happened in NXT. Last, you know, they had a match, I think, and then McAfee got a stable, and they had a War Games match, I'm pretty sure, and then um, Adam Cole turned on Kyle O'Reilly in the Undisputed Era. McAfee went up to be the SmackDown color commentator. So I'm going to throw something out there. I've tweeted about this many times. Uh, I think we're going to get a time where Pat McAfee is sitting at the announce table and he's doing his commentary and we're watching and we zoom in close on Pat McAfee and he gets kicked in the head by Adam Cole, making his SmackDown debut. I do kind of think Adam Cole is going to move on from NXT. Uh, in fact, if I had to guess, this In Your House coming up this weekend is his swan song. And then he moves on. Probably same thing for Finn Balor, who moves on. I have, I'd have Finn going to Raw. I'd have Adam Cole going to SmackDown. So you put Adam Cole, kicks Pat McAfee in the head, and we immediately just restart that feud with McAfee on commentary. You could have Cole versus McAfee as a match at SummerSlam. But... Adam Cole is quote-unquote untested on the big main roster stage. Pat McAfee is not a full-time wrestler. So this would be one of those situations where you perhaps put a tag partner with each of them to help things just kind of feel better. Sami Zayn. Now, I, I, again, I, sh I should preface all of this by saying that I don't watch... Weekly wrestling. So I can't tell you who Pat McAfee is. You know, when Pat McAfee and Adam Cole wrestled on an NXT, I was never quite sure who the face was supposed to be and who the heel was supposed to be. It seemed as if they kind of were both in between-ish. I could be wrong. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Um... Adam Cole's going to be popular with the, the smart fans who love Adam Cole and have loved him for years. Uh, Pat McAfee might be popular in the here's a, you know, he's an announcer. I don't know what role he's playing on SmackDown. Is he the heel kind of play-by-play -play guy? Is he a, just kind of a regular play-by-play -play guy to go with Michael Cole, I'm pretty sure. So originally I was going to put uh, Sami Zayn with Pat McAfee. But... I don't know the roles. It actually might make more sense because Adam Cole is just so good as a heel, you might want to lean into that with him as a heel. So maybe Cole is aligned with Sami Zayn. And then Kevin Owens would be aligned with Pat McAfee. You have the Owens and Zayn rivalry that just is going to fight forever. Owens and Cole had, despite being obvious friends from 
again, their indie days. Um, Owens showed up at a War Games against Adam Cole. You could tie that part in. So I'm leaving myself some wiggle room here. I, again, this is not one of those met. This is more of the fantasy booking than actually looking at what's happening and trying to make a logical decision. I am doing a little bit of fantasy here, but I think that would be fun. So right now I'll say Owens and McAfee versus Cole and Zane. But I reserve the right to change my mind, of course. Um, those are the big things happening in uh, SmackDown. And really, that's a lot of it. You know, Mako Satamora. I think I said the other day, was likely going to win the NXT title from Kaylee Ray. That happened. I still think Mako versus Banks would be an amazing match to have on SummerSlam weekend somewhere. The only other change that we have to address is that if Adam Cole is on SmackDown wrestling Pat McAfee, he's not at NXT wrestling LA Knight for the Million Dollar title. So you need to have somebody there doing that. Again, I can't, LA Knight, I think, is the babyface. I haven't been watching. So you have to understand that I do fantasy booking without paying a lot of attention to what's going on in front of me. Um, I think LA Knight's kind of the babyface of this. Cameron Grimes is clearly the heel. So if LA Knight is a babyface, you need a heel. Pete Dunn's not doing anything at the moment. So why not have Pete Dunn wrestle LA Knight for the million-dollar title? And again... It's one of those, um, you know, it's one of those Dunn wants a title he's never had before. I don't know. I don't love it. I almost put Cameron Grimes back in here, but that feud would have to last another couple months. I don't know if that's going to happen. Cameron Grimes isn't on the show, so that's a, he's obviously a big part of the storyline, so Clearly, there's work to be done. And again, there's never going to be a 26-match SummerSlam weekend. So really, I don't know what I'm doing. I imagine there'll be a takeover, but that's going to be five matches. SummerSlam's probably going to be maybe nine or ten matches. So a lot of this won't be happening. But that's the joy of fantasy booking. The joy of booking. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I hope you have enjoyed the booking.